0: Hi, it's NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Andrew Limbaugh. Back in 2010, Archbishop Desmond Tutu, who died in late December, wrote a book called Made for Goodness. It was an argument for how humans are, at the end of the day, in spite of everything he'd seen fighting decades of apartheid, good. Some days, to be honest, I think that's a real tough sell. But in this interview from 2010 with NPR's René Montaigne, Tutu talks about being constantly bowled over by people's propensity for forgiveness. And that's how he knew he was right.
1: We're taking The Long View this week, our occasional series with people of long experience. Today, a man of faith and fight. Archbishop Desmond Tutu, whose new book is called Made for Goodness. During apartheid, Archbishop Tutu railed against the injustice and inhumanity of South Africa's government. Now 78, in a magenta habit with a silver crucifix around his neck, he is the picture of a holy man. Looking back on his boyhood in a black township, Archbishop Tutu remembers an urchin with a fondness for marbles and comic books, which led me to ask, did you like going to church as a child?
0: We had fun. I mean, I still remember uh, things like, If God before us, if God before us, who can be against us? Who, who, who can be against us? Against us. And, And it was a fantastic thing to have much, much later, to remember Yes, if God before us in our struggle against injustice and oppression, who can be against us but yeah, and I have to say, the first Anglican priest I met was an incredible human being, a black priest, and we used to go with this priest to farms where he had mission churches. The priest was treated like a big chief, you know, when he arrived. I mean, each time I still remember this incredible priest who had this degree of caring for lesser mortals. And who knows? I mean, I was probably seeking to emulate
1: him. As a teenager, you nearly died of tuberculosis. Yes. Um, you spent months institutionalized in a TB hospital. And for yeah. someone that at that, that age, you suddenly see the possibility of your own death.
0: Yes. Yes, I, I was in hospital for 20 months. We were in a general ward, and I'd observed in the ward that uh, almost all of the patients who coughed up blood— ended up going to the, you call it a mob, we call it a mortuary. And and one day, this thing happened to me. I coughed, and the blood just came gushing out of my mouth. And I sat, and <laughs> I, I still can't believe that that happened, but I, I sat there, and I, um, I said to God, uh, Well if it means i'm going to die that's okay i've i don't think i've ever felt that same kind of peace um, the kind of serenity that i felt uh, after acknowledging that maybe i was going to to die of this uh, tb
1: hmm. It was interesting to find out in the book that your first idea of who you would be, what your career would be, was that you would be a doctor, but but yes. you couldn't afford to go to medical school, yes. and then ultimately to go into the ministry. You described what that you were grabbed by the scruff of the neck by God. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I mean, my first love was medicine, and especially after getting TB, I was determined I wanted to be able to find a cure. <laughs> Uh, but I was ad- admitted to medical school, but my parents didn't have the money to pay the fees. So, you you know, one of my favorite prophets is Jeremiah. In part, it is because Jeremiah is such a crybaby. And I, I also tend to be a crybaby. I, I holler uh, <laughs> at the drop of a hat, as it were. But... I, Jeremiah also was saying he didn't want to become a prophet and said to God, if I say I don't want to speak on your behalf, your word is like a fire in my breast. I can't hold it back. And sometimes when people asked why I was going on in the fashion I was, despite the reaction of the government and all of their nastinesses. And I said, well, although we claim that we have a free will, in some ways uh, God just grabs us by the scruff of the neck, and willy-nilly you have to do what it is that God wants you to do.
1: Jumping ahead to the late 1990s, you were asked by Nelson Mandela to become the chairman of South Africa's Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Yes. Um, you had to sit through some very terrible stories. Yeah. Some of them, we, I mean, many of them, we couldn't, we couldn't relate right now on a morning radio show. Did you ever find that your faith in the basic goodness of people was shaken? No, perhaps
0: if one had listened only to the atrocities, an account of the atrocities that people committed. uh, But we were constantly being bowled over by the extent to which people were ready and willing to forgive. But I mean, we had obviously the spectacular example of Nelson Mandela who could come out of 27 years incarceration so eager to be able to forgive.
1: Have you found that your relationship to God has changed as you've grown older?
0: Yes. I am learning to shut up more in the presence of God. (laughs) You know, previously, I mean, you, you what, and I still do. I mean, you have a kind of shopping list that you bring to God, but more and more, I think uh, you you are trying to to grow in just being there. Like when you you sit in front of a of a fire in in winter, you are just there in front of the fire and. You don't have to be smart or anything. The fire warms you.
1: Archbishop Desmond Tutu, thank you very much for joining us. God bless you. Thank you.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, REI Co-op. REI has gear, clothing, classes, and advice for camping and glamping, biking and hiking, axing and snacksing. Visit your local REI co-op or REI.com for the million and one ways to opt outside.
1: Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com slash NPR. All that sitting and swiping, your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little bricks were making, there's no turning back for me. Take NPR's Body Electric Challenge